Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, it's Thursday. Should be a good day. Yes, it should. A couple days closer to some spring training baseball games. I don't think I told you I'm going to a game on Saturday. Red Sox and Fort Myers? Red Sox and Fort Myers going to the Red Sox game, and then going again in two weeks against the Mets. Nice. Who are they playing this weekend? I have no idea. I really should know that, shouldn't I? Yeah, I mean, you won't see, obviously, a ton of major league players get many at-bats at this point, but still, it's always good to, if it's warm, go there, enjoy the weather, and uh, watch some baseball. Well, you know, it's funny you said that, because uh, I normally prefer to go, like, two weeks in. So let me see. One moment, please. Spring training schedule. Who will they play on Saturday? Yankees, right? Just a guess. Oh, you're right. Rona's yeah. going to the Yankee game. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of excited about that. But I had said to my wife, like, I don't like going early on because this is literally their second game. They play the Northeastern Huskies on Friday night. And then, you know, Saturday they get the Yankees. Literally, I'm going to see one at bat. When I go in a couple of weeks, you know, in the ninth against the Mets... I should see, like, two at-bats for guys, and the more at-bats I see, the better. Yeah, it's always good to get a glimpse. You know, sometimes you can't read into too much, but you can see maybe some players in better shape, uh, maybe some more velocity on the fastball. They're working on a pitch. So, you know, to me, it's better seeing something than nothing at all. No, that's true. But, uh, you know, and this means this sounds terribly, but... Yeah, you know, my wife and I, she likes, the, she likes baseball, and you know, she grew up a Red Sox fan because her dad's from the Boston area, but I don't think we're going to go for nine innings. By the time you get to like the seventh inning, there are guys you're never going to see in your life, so we probably stay for five innings. It's really hot, and you go, and it's, you had a nice time. It's, spring training is a very nice time. I disagree. The guy that's batting in the eighth inning could be delivering your mail next week. You might see him again. <laughs> or he's my caddy at the golf course yeah. because he's certainly not going to play in the Red or, Sox. Or UPS. You never know. So keep a col- <laughs> close eye. If he starts looking at your wife continuously, you got to beware. Good point there, Ronis. That's why you're there, my man. <laughs> All right. I wanna, I, I, I'm going to get back to baseball, but I want to touch on something last night. I'm glad I wasn't one of the people who paid $4,000 to go see the UNC Duke game because Zion Williamson got injured in the first 36 seconds. Um, Let me ask you this question. I know it's come up today. It's been all over the social media, uh, websites everywhere. You're Zion Williamson's agent. You know your client is going to go number one overall, and he's going to make an awful lot of money. Would you let him on the floor again this year? That's a really tough call. I mean, you can easily say no. Why not? You already know he's going to be the number one pick, so why risk further injury? But at the same time, I think the players have a competitive nature where they want to play. Uh, I'm sure he, my guess is Zion would want to play, especially if he can help Duke win a title. It should probably not his number one thing. Obviously, his goal is to get to the NBA, get a guaranteed contract, so... Uh, I think it's a tough call. I mean, would I blame him for sitting out? Absolutely not. I mean, it sucks for college sports. We're seeing it done more and more towards the end of bowl season. But again, I understand it, especially in football. If Williamson, I think, is completely healthy and they say, you're fine, no risk, he feels no pain, then I'm okay with him playing. But if there's any question at all, then it's probably in his best interest to sit out. But I really, I see both sides of the argument. I really it's a, r- a really tough call to make. I, you know, it's interesting you bring up the college football because the bowl games don't really matter. I mean, let's be honest. Outside of the, the, the playoffs, you're looking at, you know, the Poland weed eater bowl, right? Do I care if my guy doesn't play there? Maybe not. I, I think I just want him to play through the season. But the NCAA championship is different, right? And co- it's, it's, it's just more meaningful. I don't know. I think I want Zion to play. He signed up for the year play the year 
But I, I wouldn't blame him if he didn't. But then what, what precedence does this set? Because I, I actually think college is good for guys like Zion. I think Zion will be a better player in the NBA because he played at Duke for a year under Coach K. Yeah, but he played most of the year already. So, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, there'll be more competitive games in the tournament. So that should help a little bit. But, you know, I we all believe he's going to be the number one pick. And, you know, he's going to get a lot of endorsement money as well. So... You know, to me, he can do what he wants. Uh, if he did sit out, I have no problem. And they could easily pin it upon this knee. They could come out and say, yeah, well, he's he's not 100%. We don't want to risk it. If he was fine, he would play. Uh, but we the tournament starts late this year, which I didn't realize. That weekend that you're in there for tout, there's no yeah. games that weekend for the, tor- for the tournament. It opens the really? following week. Yeah. Oh, that's late. Usually that is the first week. Right. And I didn't realize that either. And then uh, I was discussing it with someone uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I was like, wow, that is a really late start to the tournament this year. So I believe it opens Thursday, March 21st is the opening round. That, that's crazy because I, I think there's some tournaments that are starting like the what's what's that weekend? The third, the fourth. Well, that's usually the smaller schools. They have their tournaments a little bit earlier. right. Like FGCU, I know has a tournament. I think it's like they're one of the first, I believe. Right? Yeah, Atlantic Sun is one of the first. I think they have their tournament maybe the eighth, ninth, seventh, eighth, ninth, because they have their last regular season game on March first. They play Jacksonville, so I'm sure the next week is that tournament. That's two weeks early. That's very early. Yeah, it's weird that it's so late this year because usually when we are doing Tout Wars and FBC weekend, there's a, a lot of games on. So Selection Sunday is March 17th, and the first round, the first four is the 19th to 20th, and then you got uh, March 21st, the first round. So it's it's late this year. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure why. So the final four is April 6th and 8th. <sighs> That's late. Usually it's like, isn't it like April 1st usually? Yeah, it's right around there, April first, give or take. So it's about a, it's a week later. You said, yeah, you're right. It's a week later. We'll be like over a week into the baseball season, and they still won't have a champion. I think he plays. I'll tell you this: if he doesn't play, Duke's not winning any championship. I'll tell you that right now. That Duke team last night could not could not buy a bucket. They could not shoot at all. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, you could see though a lot of the air went out. I didn't watch it closely because I was doing a mock draft, so I was paying attention to that more. But I just kept glancing up at the score, and I was like, "Wow!" Uh, and then you could see just when Williamson went out, like first play of the game, essentially, and it was pretty much over. But man, that sneaker, man, oh. <laughs> not not a good look for <laughs> Nike today. Their stock did go down too. Actually, by the way, don't you think this this is could this be the best thing for Zion that he gets his own? He was going to get his own sneaker anyway, but now he's guaranteed to get his own sneaker from minute one. You think he tampered with it and ripped it? <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> Did it, has anyone said that today? I just thought of that. No, right but now. that's a Rona's thought. That is a yeah. very Rona's thought to do. Guy said, "You know what? Everyone's watching. Tick, people paid for tickets. Let me <laughs> slice this sneaker, and we're going to get a, a sneaker gate investigation and find out that like he cut a hole in it before." Could you imagine spending four thousand bucks for a ticket? You get for a there. regular season college basketball game. No way. For, you're in there and you're ready to go, and Zion's out after thirty six seconds. He doesn't score a point. I mean, well, seriously, you can't get your money back either. It's done. I think it really depends on what your disposable income is. You know, for some people, they they can't afford four thousand. Fine, but if I'm gonna spend four thousand on a sporting event, you best believe it's a World Series, Super Bowl, or something. Not no regular season game. Uh, yeah, Duke, North Carolina is great, but a regular season game, they're gonna play again. They're probably gonna play in the ACC tournament, and maybe they match up again in the NCAA right. tournament. Right. So they like, at least what? have three more three more matches. Right. Three more. Well, at least. Well, we know at least one for sure. Well, this is the first, this is the first game of the regular season, right? Right. So one more, they play one more in the regular season, potentially depending on how the ACC tournament goes, they right. could meet, and then right. possibly in the tournament. So there possibly could be three more, one for sure. So if I said to you, Ronas, here's four thousand bucks, which is you know a lot. Will you will you, you need would my s- PayPal? Yeah, exactly. I'll be I'll be right there with that. Okay. Would you pay? Forget the Mets. The Mets did not make the World Series. The Astros are against the Phillies. Would you pay $4,000 to see that? No. Would you pay $4,000 to see the Rams play the Chargers? No. So only if your teams were involved would you pay the 4K? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if it, again, if... Unless... Would you pay $4,000 for a boxing match? No. 
Even if it was like the biggest one uh, around? No, because it could end in like two minutes. So what would you pay? So you'd only pay 4K to see the Cowboys play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You drop 4K, no problem. Yeah, Mets in the World Series, Rangers in the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, if you're going to pay that much, I think it has to be your team because you need to have a, a severe rooting interest, in my opinion. I've been to a, I've been to a World Series game. Have you? Yes, uh, Mets, Yankees, Subway Series, 2000, Game yep. 4. Uh, I was trying to get someone to go with me. No one really wanted to pay. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to pass up this opportunity. So I went to Shea Stadium. I was walking around trying to find a ticket. And I couldn't find one, and I was about to give up, and I hear someone asking uh, to sell a ticket. I'm like, I need one. And the guy's like, are you a cop? I go, do I look like a cop? He goes, they come in all shapes, sizes, and forms. And I was like, I'm not a cop. He goes, okay. it'll." Be- I'm running from the cops. Is that what you yeah. said? He's like, uh, I got one ticket for 425 I said, all I have is 350 but I had more. He goes, well, you're a Mets fan. All right, fine. I'll give it to you for 350 So he gave me the ticket. And I'm looking at it. I'm hoping it's real. My heart is beating as I approach the gate. I give it to them, and they let me in, and I breathe a sigh of relief. And before I could sit down in my seat, Derek Jeter hit a home run. Oh, your fan. Your man, Derek Jeter. You could have caught his ball run. Uh, no, I was sitting in the upper deck right behind home plate, basically the second to last row, which sounds crazy, but it's actually a good view up there. It's not that bad. I actually didn't mind it. It just sucked that they lost. But I couldn't pass that opportunity up because – you may never see a Subway series again. I went to that series, but I don't know whether I went to game three or four, but I sat in the bleachers in center field. And I don't yeah. remember paying for it. I think my friend had tickets. At Yankee Stadium? Me. No, it was at Shea. There, Shea in the playoffs was always, when there was a big game, that place rocked. It was yeah, loud. It, it's, it was phenomenal to be there. Even City Field, when I was in there a couple years ago for the NLCS and the Mets Dodger series that place it's just so electric and that's why but New York is electric when the yes. when the, when, the te- when when teams play the playoffs New York there's no trust me when I tell you now I'm 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 old Ronas I went to see the Knicks play when the Knicks were good in in that day and age there was nothing more exciting than being in Madison Square Garden for a Knicks game. Nothing. oh yeah I went to a wasn't no I think it was a regular season game Bulls and Knicks I actually won the tickets on a contest on WFAN and uh it was just so loud. And that's, the, you know, Knicks games now even get great crowds. I was talking to someone about this the other day, and he was like, I was trying to get Knicks tickets. He's like, they're really expensive, and they suck. Yeah. I'm like, I know. They still sell out. Could you because imagine it's that? corporate. It's corporate people go. Um, I, I think guess. corporate entities buy the tickets, and they give them out to, the, give them out to people. Yeah, I mean, but can you imagine if they actually do get the two superstars and, and maybe get Zion, how crazy it's going to be? Oh, I mean, insane. It's insane. And, and that was the thing. I remember going to the Knicks-Raptors when Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady were there. I mean, games like that. It was at Indiana, when, you know, Antonio Davis and that, and Reggie Miller. It was, it was electric. But I do believe that New York, the, I couldn't imagine that the Knicks don't get Zion. I believe the NBA will make sure of it. And I think it will energize New York in such a way that not that the NBA needs more, but it really does need New York. Yeah, I mean, I think they have done fine without it, but it would certainly give it a boost for sure. And New York is definitely hungry for a competitive basketball team. And it will only help, especially if we see, you know, Golden State has been a big story. I know they're not the biggest market, but they obviously have drawn so much attention nationally. But this is a team that could be a lot different next year if Kevin Durant walks like everyone believes and Clay Thompson leaves and DeMarcus Cousins leaves all of a sudden you're looking at a completely different team no I agree with that I I just feel like look I think the Milwaukee Bucks are a great story but I never feel the NBA wants the Bucks to win a championship because there's just not a big enough market there the Chicago market was great when Jordan was there Milwaukee not so great New York Knicks great even the Brooklyn Nets Good enough market. I, I just think the NBA needs to be successful. That's why I, I just, not that I believe that refs are fixed, not Tim Donaghy. By the way, I read that article on ESPN. That was I didn't crazy. read it yet. How, it was, oh, was it dude, nuts? Dude, it's like 7,000 words. I mean, that, it's bigger than Sean Child's treatise. 
Oh, okay. And his his team looks are pretty vast in depth. It's like five times that. It was like five times a Sean Charles. Wow. And you read the whole thing? I kind of skimmed through some. Yeah, of it. I figured that. Doc's like, I can't. <laughs> Doc's like, I don't have twenty minutes to kill on this. But you know what? I, I did. I was at my actually the orthodontist with my son, so I did have some time to kill. That's why. Well, I read it's most interesting of it. too, right? So that's what keeps you. It is. It is. But you realize, first of all, the guy was a degenerate. Secondly, he created a, a, web, a website now called refspicks.com. So this guy's completely a degenerate. Thirdly, do you know how many how bad it was with how many fouls he was calling there at the end of games, Ronus? Uh, yeah, it was totally on the take. Totally on the take. It sucks too because now you start to question everything. Uh, you know, if this can happen again, I've been questioning NBA official calls for the longest time. I just feel that the NBA wants certain teams to go deeper in the playoffs. You want the Boston Celtics to play the Lakers. You don't want Portland playing Milwaukee. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel that way, and we've kind of seen some uh, shaky calls in the past. Right, so the, the Donaghy thing where he's like making, what, 10 calls in the last two minutes? To, 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 and he was calling in the picks like a day before. I mean, he was really corrupt, Ronis. Really corrupt. Well, at least he got caught, man, but it looks like he got away with it for a long time. He did. They said that. It was like years before it even happened, which is, I, I, I can't even fathom that that was going on for so long. Let me ask you this. Pete Rose, in terms of what he did, betting on his own team, which I don't believe that was it. I believe he bet on every team, but that's beside the point. Can you forgive him? And what do you mean? In what way? Can you let him in the Hall of Fame? Would you vote for him? Uh, I guess it's been long enough, and he was one of the top players. But the problem is is that you know you are told that you cannot do this. If you do it, you're banned. So he kind of knew what the consequences are. So it's really kind of difficult to feel sorry for him. I understand he was a big piece of baseball and one of the best hitters, but it's like you know what the consequences are if you do it. Can you separate the hitter from um, the, the player from the degenerate gambler? Or are they uh, one and the same? It's probably one and the same, man. But I understand why people want him in. I, I have no problem with it, but at the same time, he knew what the rule was, and it was pretty clear. If you do this, you are banned, and he kept doing it. Yeah, I would vote for him. I, I could. I, I'd like to separate it. He just what he deserves as a player, not as a person, as a player. Yeah, I think he lied so much is what people don't like. I know. Sounds like the Kareem Hunt inc- uh, incident. All right, we're gonna take a little break. When we come back, more fantasy baseball talk. When Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. Scout Fantasy Sports, Dr. Roto along with Adam Ronas here. Ronas, I know I wanted to talk about uh, fantasy baseball, but I just have to look at this here. I don't know whether you caught this. Did you catch this? Which, which team is the best fit for Le'Veon Bell? And Stephen A. Smith said that he thought the Panthers were a good choice until Max Kellerman said, you know Christian McCaffrey's there. And, then, and Stephen A. is like, oh, I, you know, because they don't have good receivers, I thought that'd be a good fit for them. Yeah, and you know... I'm starting to wonder if this is just an act to get attention. I mean, could someone be that lost that in the in the spotlight? I mean, that's pretty bad. Like, does he need attention to do that? Seriously, I you're on ESPN. So. You need attention for being bad. I think so. I, I mean, I I can't explain how someone doesn't know that. It's a simple it, look. It's simple preparation. You could just look at a depth chart before the show, even if you're not that invested in the NFL. I mean, any fantasy analyst, even the worst ones would not mess up that bad. Even if you had, look, we all make mistakes and forget things for a second. But to go on national television and for this to happen a few times, I think it might be maybe the first couple times I didn't believe it. But now it's continuous. So I got to think that either he's working too much and just is having you know, these headaches and just forget stuff or it's done for attention. Cause look, we're talking about it, right? If this didn't happen, will we talk about it? No, it would be ignored. 
No, so but could you imagine working with him? I mean, look, we've worked with people in the past who've had issues, right? Can we, we, we don't need to say any names, even though I'm happy to do so on the radio. But I'm just saying there are people, and you sit there and you just roll your eyes. You're like, did this person actually say that? I can't believe that. I feel badly for Max Kellerman. He's got to work with that every day. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It just seems very weird that you would not know the most obvious things because any average sports fan knows who's on that team. You don't even need to do this as a job or be a broadcaster. I, you know, I have so many friends who play fantasy. They don't do this for a living. They obviously know. So for him I, to go I, on there and not say it, it just seems. You know what he should have done, in my opinion? Let's say he said the Panthers. He should have said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant the Redskins. Something. Say anything. But don't try to kick, stay with the, with, the, with the stupid lie because it makes him look dumber. Yeah, you know what, though? You think he cares? He's making money, so I don't think it really matters. Yeah, but doesn't, honestly, don't you feel like ESPN owes, and maybe Fantasy Sports Radio Network and anybody out there that covers sports, don't you think that we owe a duty to the listeners out there to put people on who know what they're talking about, who understand the sports, who know the players, who can help you understand and listen and, 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 and engage better? This guy is just, you just want to smack him. Well, I think you know the answer, Doc. You've paid attention to radio for a long time, and you see some of the people that are on in television, so clearly the answer is no. Why? Seriously, I mean, I'm not trying talk to be naive. To Why? Talk to the people who run networks. I, I believe Stephen A. is overworked. He's on 27 different shows, and I believe that he doesn't put the prep in anymore, and I think he tries to wing it because he's so busy. And you can't just wing things anymore. Or if he can wing it, maybe he could wing it when he was younger. But now he's got so much going on. He probably is on three hours sleep. And he's saying ridiculous things because he is so far off right now. It's almost like, uh, you know, if, if you found out that he had some brain, brain thing going on, you'd believe it. Yeah, and that's ESPN's fault. They have to realize, okay, maybe we are putting this guy doing too much. You can't really blame him because he wants to, to get the money. I think we would all do it, you know, because... In this business, sometimes you're you don't have the longest shelf life, so he knows. Okay, I'm getting all these opportunities. I'm not going to say no. I'm putting money in my bank account. So you'd I, feel that way if I asked you to be on ten different shows, and I pay you, you'd rather be on ten shows than on than on five and do a better job. Doc, come on, man, you're going to turn the money down too. Don't lie here. No, you you would take the money. I know that. I mean, I enjoy I, doing I this. I would. Too, right. I enjoy I would doing this. I mean. It, it, it might get to a point. I mean, we want to say as human beings, we would say, you know what? I'm getting overworked. It's just you don't want to do that because you know those opportunities could be gone in two years. So all I, I can I tell you is, do you remember him. when I was on the graveyard, graveyard shift, right? When I did graveyard radio? Yeah. When I did graveyard, graveyard radio and then drove my son to school at like 8 in the morning. I mean, I literally was on four hours of sleep a night. And I know that's Adam Rona's vampire hours and you do that anyway. I was just turning into gibberish, dude. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sharp anymore. I'm being honest. I wasn't sharp anymore. I was really tired. And if I didn't sleep like three hours during the day, I was a, I was a train wreck. I don't know how I could have done multiple shows at, at, when, I, when, you're, when, you're, when you're damaging your body like that. Yeah, I mean, when I first started uh, in 2010, you know, I did uh, 7 to 11 a.m. weekdays. And had to take the bus and train into the city. Then I had to drive to Long Island to rush hour traffic. I worked at Newsday covering high school sports, sometimes driving 50, 60 miles to games, cover the game, go to the office, write the story, get home 1130 midnight. Then I had to catch up on all the sports for the day to do the show again the next morning. And I did that for two and a half years. So, you know, there are sacrifices that have to be made. Maybe it's easier back then because I was younger. You have more energy and you don't need as much sleep. But, uh, you know, I guess... It, it, there is a lot that that goes into it, you know, because you do have to prep for these shows. But some of the things he says is just basic knowledge that you just need to know. I mean, you should know pretty much. You got to know all the starters on every team in the NFL. If you're, right. If you're and the, and the, in the NFL. Team. Right. Especially the NFL. Maybe if you don't know in hockey, I might forgive that. Or baseball, I could forgive you don't know the second baseman or the White Sox. But you have to know Christian McCaffrey plays for the Panthers. You I mean, have yeah, to know this. It's, it's the most popular sport, and it's pretty easy. You don't even need to know all the offensive linemen. You basically have to know the quarterback, running back, couple receivers, and tight end. You don't even need to know the whole depth chart, and especially when you know going into a segment you're going to talk about a running back and where he fits. You should know, okay, what are the t – that's all you got to do. You don't even need to spend a lot of time. Ten minutes before the show, and maybe he doesn't have that time, 
but you still should know it anyway. And if you don't, you go and look at the running back depth chart for every team and just quickly pencil in, okay, who has a glaring need where Le'Veon Bell fits? Right. During, during the break, before the segment shoots, you don't think the three of you are saying, all right, you cover this team, you take this team, you take this team? You think he's just winging it? Uh, probably. Crazy. I just, I don't know. I know your point about doing it for attention, but man, I don't think this guy needs negative attention. He's already immensely popular. Why would you want to bring negative attention to your brand for being a dodo bird? Seriously, that makes no sense to me. It doesn't matter. It's attention, you know, and ESPN, we have seen that, you know, the ratings have been down, less people are watching and people are talking about it. So I think sometimes when you're there it's different if you're on the come Wait, up so, or you're so rising. steven say something stupid that way people will listen to find out when the next stupid thing you say is well yeah i wouldn't put it past them at all because okay you're talking about this now we would not talk about it today if he didn't do that now people like train wrecks so they go okay you know what i'm gonna watch to see what's the next stupid thing he's gonna say I don't think like that, and I don't watch, but we're talking about the common person. So I would not be surprised. you got to remember, we don't have a lot of smart people in the world. I guess, I mean, you, have, you make a point. I just, I think we need to demand more. I think, I think what I'd like to see is people not listening to this guy until he gets his facts straight. Because my problem with Stephen A is the way he comes off is that he's an authority on everything. Right from the littlest thing to the biggest thing, he acts like he knows everything, and that's why it's so obnoxious when he has no clue of what he's talking about. Don't tell me that Haskins is a running quarterback. That guy ran for 62 yards last year for Ohio State. Yeah, I know he's made a lot of mistakes, but he's still on there, and people keep talking about him. All right, so you're saying you don't want to talk about him anymore, Ronald? Well, I mean. What, what can we do? No, I don't. I, nothing. I, I think it's interesting. Look, I know today was not the most fantasy related show, but I think the Zion Williamson was interesting. I think the Stephen A is interesting. I think sports are interesting on a daily basis. I, I love the conversations that happen about it. I love that, you know, they were asking these questions, you know, about players and what should they do. And, and I think in some ways it does relate to fantasy, you know. Uh, would you want a guy playing, uh, you know, in fantasy if, if he was hurt? I mean, I, so I, I always see, think we could relate it. I just think we should expect better from the people who cover it. Yeah, I think that he should not put him on a panel that's discussed in the NFL. So I think this is on ESPN that they need to do a better job of saying, you know what? Obviously, this is not his best sport. We should not have him engaged in this topic. Let's save him for the NBA stuff. But then you're not using him enough. Well, they need to figure out a way to, to, to put them on more NBA stuff or. But you're right. Control. But you're right. But you're right. If you're not great in NFL and you're only great in NBA, but the problem is you're paying this guy a boatload of money and you don't want him covering one sport. You want him covering three. Right. I'm not going to talk a sport I don't know anything about. I don't know golf, so I'm not going to give advice on it. I know it's not uh, an area of strength. So why am I going to try and fake it? Right. You say just play the Adams every week. Exactly. I got the Adam algorithm, and <laughs> if that works and it hits, then I'll patent it, and then uh, maybe I become rich that way in a way that I never foresaw. Would you cover the ho- Would you cover hockey? No, I mean I know the sport. I don't know a lot of players. I just have not watched it much because I'm pretty much playing NBA DFS almost every night. So that, may, uh, first of all, I'm more of an NBA fan, and I'm going to watch those games more. So if I'm not watching the NHL and I don't know the players, how am I supposed to give advice on it? If you're a casual watcher, should we not make, make, be making commentaries? I mean, you can if you have the ability to, but if you're not watching much and you're not an expert, like, why am I supposed to, to buy into what you say? No, that's fair. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, look, I, I, I know NBA, but I don't, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm Adam Ronis in the NBA, but I know enough NBA to cover it. I think there's a difference. I think I know enough to, to speak about it logically and, and, and give you information that you need, but I don't know whether I can go in depth like some of those guys on Sirius XM NBA radio. Right, and it's important in life with everything to kind of know your, your limitations and what you're good at. All right, fair enough. All right, Ron, so I'm looking at the schedule here for the Boston Red Sox. What is your thoughts have you, on and spring training – do you watch spring training games on TV? 
Do you find that you learn things? Do you? I mean, what are you looking for? So people, the games are going to start Saturday. What could you tell people out there who are listening? If they turn on the game on MLB.tv, what should they be looking for? One, uh, you know, a lot of players coming off disappointing years because of injuries. How do they look? Are they in shape? Uh, you know, hitters, you know, the ball coming off their bat. Is there any change? Uh, pitchers, velocity. Are uh, they working on a pitch? Is there a new pitch? And obviously guys that are battling for roles. How are they performing? The spring obviously is more important for them because they don't have a solidified role. So there's a lot of things that you can see. Uh, and obviously all of them are not going to lead to just because a guy hits like seven home runs in the spring does not mean that's going to translate it to the season. But I think you really want to see guys coming off injuries. How do they look? You know, we already heard about Miguel Sano losing some weight. He did some yoga in the offseason. He moved in with his sister who uh, helped him eat better, uh, more nutritious stuff. So, you know, things like that. You want to see it translate onto the field. You know, it's funny you mentioned about seven home runs. I remember it was a couple, two or three years ago, Mike Napoli was just killing the ball in spring for the Red Sox. I think he had like seven or eight home runs. He did not perform well during the year. I look for at-bats. I look to see if a guy is getting good swings. I don't care where the ball necessarily goes at him. I just care that he's making good contact. So even if he flies out, I'll say to myself, I like how he's, I like how he's swinging. It also depends, though, on who he's facing, too. That's the other thing to take into account. You know, Maybe in the Napoli seven home runs, kind of look and see, okay, who are the pitchers he's hitting them off? You know, If it's guys who are not major league players, then you do have to take a look at that. So that's why you can't just look at stats. You kind of have to see, okay, who are they facing? But, you know, being in shape, uh, change in body was a big deal. You know, that was something that I seen with Matt Kemp before in the spring. So, you know, to me, those, those are important things. I saw Bogarts last year, and he looked like a different guy. He looked bigger and stronger than I'd ever seen him, and I knew he was going to have a good year. I couldn't have predicted what he did, but I knew he was going to have a better year. He just looked uh, like, a, like a grown man. I mean, that's the only word I had. He went from a kid to a grown man's body, and he absolutely was terrific. So I agree with your comment about Miguel Sano and just looking to see if guys are in shape and they're willing to play. Yeah, and I think the thing with Bogarts – it was kind of easy to see that the 2017 season, and he said afterwards, was, you know, he played through an injury. You know, he played, uh, I think, was it his thumb? So that's really difficult. You could see it. I mean, look at the last, two of the last three years, 21, 10, and 23. So he admitted afterwards that he should have sat out, and that's the one thing with players sometimes that I've always brought up. Like, do we want these guys to be tough and play through injuries because it could affect their stats, or would you rather have the guy sit out three, four weeks, get healthy, come back, and then perform at that level. And, you know, some players fight through it. Some people, uh, players go on the DL, and then people are like, oh, this guy's always hurt. He's soft. Well, sometimes it is best for that player to sit out, recover, get 100%, come back, instead of trying to go out there and hurt the team, and then his stats suffer. Right. No, I agree with that. I think guys sometimes try to come back too soon. Uh, from, from injury, but it's 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 interesting when you hear things like you said that you don't know. Oh, he was injured last year. People don't take that into account a lot of times. They just think, oh, this guy sucked. There's a lot of reasons why a guy sucks, and not only injury. How about a guy's getting divorced? There's family problems. There's girlfriend problems. There's a lot of things that never come up until after the season. Yeah, Brian Dozier. If you look at his numbers last year, they sucked, and he said he played with a, a bone bruise in his knee the entire year. It was something that went back to the spring. And, you know, because of that, his price had pressed this year. Uh, you know, he just did not have the year that we expected. And I had him on a team where if he had had close to a, a better season, I might have won my league. I wound up finishing third, like two and a half at first. So, you know, hit him hitting 250 with only 21 homers, stuff, two RBIs, it really hurt me. And you look back and you wonder why. And then you hear him say that. And it kind of explains some things on why he just didn't produce as well. Because you can see it, uh, in the fly ball distance, his fly ball just did not travel as far. Everything else looked pretty much in line. I mean, if you have a bruise in your knee, you're going to be able to get as much strength and drive the ball as far. So we'll see if it was just the injury. I think it was, and I think he's a, a pretty good right now if you wait on second base. You know, you're going to laugh on us, but a bone bruise really hurts. I mean, it's not just, oh, it's a bone bruise. I've had a contusion on my wrist. I would have thought, I thought it was broken, dude. I, I would hurt me for six weeks. I mean, I don't know how players get through it. So I, I think when people hear that, they're like, ah, it's fine. You know, he should play next week. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. 
I mean, most players are not, never going to be 100% at all during the season. But when you're consistently playing with an injury the entire year and you're trying to fight through it and gut it out, it's going to affect your numbers. So I've always said this. It's one of the difficult things about fantasy is we don't know what these guys are going through. And sometimes we find out late and realize, oh, okay, so this is why the numbers were down. So it, it's what makes it challenging at times, especially in baseball. Jed Lowry goes back to New York for an MRI on his left knee, Ronis. They're calling it soreness, but he's 34. He signed a two-year, $20 million contract. Could that be a big waste of money for the Mets? Uh, it could be. It's early. I think they're just trying to be cautious here. Uh, he was a guy that they were probably going to move around the diamond anyway, and even if he's not 100%, they still have options. It would open it up for a guy like Alonzo uh, to come up and start the year the team. So. Uh, it was a depth signing. I think they obviously did plan to play him pretty much every day, but uh, it's still early in the year, and we'll find out uh, once uh, the results come in. What? So, do you think Alonzo starts the year with the club, or do you think, or do you think he, uh, he stays depends. down still? They might put him down a couple weeks for the service time, but obviously, yeah. if Lowry has to miss some time, uh, Alonzo will probably get the playing time. All right, I promise you we'll talk more fantasy baseball when Scout Fantasy Sports returns. we got Bryce Harper news, Marwin Gonzalez news. There's plenty of news out there. I'm Dr. Roto. He's Adam Ronis, and we'll be back right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back for Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto along with Adam Ronis here. And remember, I need you to go to scoutfantasysports.com, enter the promo code BATS50, that's BATS50. And you know what we're going to do when you go there? We're going to give you 50% off your first two months so you can have your access to Scout Fantasy Sports. You get your access to Adam Ronis, Sean Childs, myself. We'll answer your questions. Not that many questions in the forums for baseball, Ronis. Oh, they're starting to come in. I think people are starting to ask keeper questions, dynasty questions, and trades. So that's pretty much what people are on right now. I mean, look, you have access to three of the great baseball minds out there who will absolutely answer your questions and give you the time. And most people won't do that. Oh, they'll give you a one-word answer. I promise you that we won't do that. We'll take your questions if we take them very seriously. So scoutfantasysports.com, promo code BATS50. That's BATS50. And be a member of the Scout Army. All right, Ronis, Marwin Gonzalez. I find it very strange that this guy hasn't signed anywhere. I don't know if he's a great player, but he plays a lot of spots. And he's a good enough player that he should have a contract by now. Yeah, I would have thought so too. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes. A guy that you can just kind of move over all over the diamond as the Astros did last year. Uh, for fantasy, I guess the multi-position eligibility is nice. Again, not not great numbers. I mean, he's not a elite power hitter. He doesn't really steal bases. The average has kind of been all over the place. So, to me, kind of more depth for fantasy. Um, I don't know. Probably better in a league with daily lineup changes, so you know when he's in the lineup. But, you know, it's not like he had great numbers last year. If you're the Twins, why do you, where does he fit in for you? Or do you, do you just say he fits in wherever I need him to? Because, I mean, you've got the Cron Austin at first. You've got Scope. You've got Sano, Polanco. You've got a decent outfield. You've got Nelson Cruz. Where do we want Marwin to play? Would he play first? No, I don't, I don't know what they're doing uh, because I don't really see a spot for him at this point. So unless they just look at it like, oh, we're getting him at a bargain and he gives us depth in case Buxton fails, in case Sano fails, uh, Maybe that's the way they're looking at it because I really don't see a spot for him in this lineup. I think it's pretty solidified what they want to do right now. And uh, I like this team. I like what they've done. Uh, again, you're banking on Sano and Buxton, at least one of them, bouncing back and producing. But we have seen Buxton do it at the major league level two years ago. And Sano, I think it's just a matter of him getting in shape 
staying committed and uh, becoming a more disciplined hitter. If the Twins called me up right now and said, Dr. Rota, you're our new general manager, I think I can take this team to the World Series very quickly, Ronas. First of all, I'm going to sign Dallas Keuchel, and I'm going to sign, more importantly, Craig Kimbrell. Because I want Trevor May being my setup guy, not my closer. I think Kimbrell back at the end of that bullpen would be terrific to match up with Taylor Rogers, And I think it solidifies this team. I think this team is missing a pitcher. I mean, I don't trust Martin Perez. I don't trust Mejia. I don't trust anybody. that. I think they need another guy there to go with Berrios and Gibson and maybe Pineda. And I think if you added those two pitchers, this team could make a big run this year. I don't know. I think it would help, but I don't think it would be World Series. Uh, you know, the Astros are good. Yankees are good. Red Sox. The Indians are really potentially letting this division slip away because they have just not done enough. They have such a good starting rotation, and I have no idea what they're doing with that outfield. I mean, Marwin Gonzalez would be a better fit on the team. Adam Jones, get someone in the outfield because what they're doing right now is just pathetic. And this is a team that should be going for it, and they seem like they're kind of sitting back. And I think the Twins are a dangerous team that's lurking, especially if they can add a pitcher or two. Uh, but I do like what they're doing with their lineup. But they still do have question marks. It's not like all these guys are a lot to produce. And uh, But I do like the direction that they're heading. I think my problem with the lineup of the Twins is that they're wafer thin, right? One injury, and it's all over, right? Because they just don't – and that's the problem with these teams. You know, there's just not a lot of depth. You know, you're the Yankees. You're the Astros. You, you have, you're the Braves. You have some depth. You're, you're the Twins. You're one injury away from oblivion, and that's, and that's the big problem. And I, I don't know. I feel like – you may disagree because you're a baseball purist. There's something I like about the NFL – that every year another team could be great. Where in baseball, I just always feel that the best teams are the best because they're the most money and they have the best depth, and that's just what happens. Uh, that would be wrong because look at how many different teams have been winning the World Series. What did you say about Milwaukee before last year? Look at them. I like Milwaukee a lot, but I, w- I would argue that I think Milwaukee – is a short, this is not a long-term Milwaukee plan. This is not a team that's going to be good for five to ten years. This team's got a window. This team's got a two- to three-year window, and then they're done. It's the same thing in the NFL, though. Is it? Yeah. doesn't feel that way. Don't doesn't feel that way to me. Don't, honestly, when this season You're, starts in baseball, how many teams can legitimately win the World Series? Well, now it's different because you have so many teams taking, but are you forgetting how dominant New England has been? We've had more teams win the World Series than the Super Bowl. No, that's true. Maybe I forgot that. I'm, I'm channeling my inner Stephen A. Ronis. We but haven't in, seen a repeat champion since the Yankees. But let me, but let me ask you this question. Let's just go through it. Can the Diamondbacks win? The, well, see, if you If I went through it, how many, can, how many not, teams do you I, legitimately doc, think can win? I just told you it's different now because you have so many teams not spending money and tanking, so there's not many. Does that bother you? Bothers me. Yeah, I mean, I would like it to change, and it's something that baseball is going to have to address. How does baseball address it? How do they fix this? I mean, I, I can go through all teams. I'm, I'm going to say there's about eight teams that legitimately can win. Eight. I could be wrong, but that's about my. That's the number I'm going to give you. Yeah, no, there's not a lot. You have a lot of teams that are just not spending money right now and are, are trying to go the path of what the Astros did in the past and suck for a few years and then turn it around and win a World Series. But the Astros, you, to do that, you have to have really good upper management. Really good upper management, and you've got to you've got to stick to a plan. I mean, and then you've got to be able to draft well. And you've got to be able to find those guys. I mean, you look at the prospect list for the Astros. They've got five guys who are all going to be stars one day. You think, you think Miami is going to fix that problem? You think Jeter and Posada are going to get ten guys who are stars in we the next know. three years? I mean, Miami's done it in the past. It's different ownership, but they have done it. I don't know. I think, I think there's a big – you're right about the, 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 the Patriots, of course. You're obviously right about that. But I just think the NFL – because of the salary cap, any year, some other team can be good. The Colts were good this year, right? Well, the Titans they, were good this year. Well, the Colts were supposed to be good. They have Andrew Luck, right? They have one of the top quarterbacks. Know, but, they but, it's a small, but Indianapolis is a small market. So if this is baseball, would they it. be good? It, is, it, the it does in baseball. The, no, for NFL, quarterback is important. They have Andrew no, Luck, right. you're going to be good. Right, but in baseball, you have two good players. doesn't mean you're going to be good. Well, because it's a different sport. where You, you can have the most dominant pitcher in baseball – 
doesn't mean you're going to win. He still goes once every five days. How do we fix this? How do we fix baseball? Because I think it needs to be fixed. Or do we just do, do, do return a blind eye? It doesn't matter. I think a salary cap would help. But you got to force these teams that are getting this revenue stream and not putting it back into the team. That's a, that's a problem. Right. Well, isn't there a mandate? Was it, is it in the NFL that they have to put, was it 80% or 90% back in to, for the players? One of the leagues is like that. I don't know if it's the NBA or the NFL that whatever they make, maybe it's the NBA, they have to put a certain amount of money back in to the salary cap. It's a minimum. And see with the Mets, it's the owners being broke. And that's a problem. Baseball should have stepped in and did something. They did it with the Dodgers in the past. I mean, there's no reason why a New York team should be in the position that they're in. But I'll say this. I thought I think their new general manager did a pretty good job this offseason. He's, he's been still, as creative. But he's handcuffed. And that's the only way that you're going to win with the Mets is you're going to need a shrew GM because you can't make up for your mistakes that you pay for by going to get someone else. The Yankees can do that. The Mets no, can't. It's, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true that the Mets can't afford to make a bad signing and they have to make pretty good trades, which I think that they have done this offseason. I think the Mets, I, I, I wouldn't say that they have a, they're going to be a playoff team, but I'm not embarrassed to watch them, Adam. No, I mean, we'll find out. It's a tough division, but they did make uh, some pretty good moves and still, I don't think it's enough, but at least. Do you like, they... the, Cano move? Do you like the Cano move? Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, a lot's going to depend on, you know, he should still hit very well and he's been on winning teams. So I'm okay with it. It's not like they gave up a ton and, uh, they did get Diaz back too. So, uh, if he can continue his dominance that he showed last year, uh, it improves the team. Why do we need to spend money on Familia if you have Diaz? Not that I don't like Familia, I do, but you spent 14 million. Can I put that somewhere else? Well, you need someone at the back end of the bullpen, and Familia was very good last year. Uh, and, good. and then you put it, you know, and if something happens to Diaz, you know, you could put him into close because he's done it before. That's true. Do you think the Mets, see, when you look at their prospect list, do you think that it matches up with other teams? Because I don't see it. I see like one or two guys I like. I don't see, I don't see a list like I do with the Astros, the Braves, where you're like, wow, 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 wow. Even the White Sox. I mean, the, you, you, the White Sox or the Padres, two or three years, they're coming along. Do you feel that way with the Mets? But that's also because those teams have been bad for a few years and they've been able to accumulate draft picks and get more picks, whereas the Mets have kind of been, you know, obviously not great last year, but they haven't had, like, the worst record in baseball. So they have a couple decent prospects, but it's not what other systems have. Don't you think in some ways, so let's talk about this in football terms because the Miami Dolphins are supposedly going to tank this year. And look at the Philadelphia 76ers as well. Don't you think maybe some ways it's better off tanking for a couple of years and really sucking than, end, than ending up around 500? Because 500, you don't get a better pick, but when you tank and suck, you can really make a difference in two or three years. You just said that you don't want to see that in baseball. I don't. I don't. Are doing I don't. It, and I know. You have a problem I don't with want. It? I don't want to see it. But I'm saying it does make sense. I don't want to see it, and I think we need to solve it. But the truth of the matter is, because it does work, that's why people do it. It doesn't always work. We're looking at the examples where it does work. And yes, if you want to look at it like, okay, why be in the middle? Let's just be bad. Get a, a couple of early picks the thing in baseball though you can pick early and it doesn't mean anything how many picks that we've seen in the first round never even make it to the major leagues that's it's not like the sure. nba where you're you know you do it with the spurs did you get tim duncan and now you're good for a long time it's different in the nba and what the sixers did uh it's much more difficult to do in baseball because you still need the talent evaluators to find those players that are going later on than they should be that can develop because you can go back and look at first round drafts of baseball and you'd be like, wow, none of these guys, like half of them didn't even see a, a, a game in the majors. But doesn't it seem like some teams, and this is an obvious question, but so, some teams just draft poorly. They have guys who don't really do anything, but yet whether they're not using analytics or whatever it is, I mean, some teams just perennially stink. I mean, the Baltimore Orioles are bad and they're not getting better anytime soon. Yeah, well, they just brought in a new GM, so maybe that helps. But, yeah, they definitely have to do a better job of drafting because they've been bad for a while now. We just haven't seen the young players come up and make an impact. I don't know. I think, I think baseball has a lot of questions 
that, that need to be answered. All right, let's continue on with baseball here. Bryce Harper, it seems like the Phillies are confident they're going to sign him, but games are going to be starting this weekend, and he doesn't have a uniform yet. Yeah, I would expect this to happen, I would think, within the next week. It just seems, though, at this point that the Phillies kind of know that maybe no one else is in the ballpark, and they're kind of bidding against themselves. And if they know that, you know, they're going to sit tight for a little bit and hope that they can get it at a cheaper price. But you know Harper's going to want more than what Machado got. All right, the Tigers signed Josh Harrison to a one-year deal to play second base. I remember the days where I liked Josh Harrison for the Pirates. He, he's not a great player, but he's good enough. Is there any fantasy value for him there, maybe stealing 10 bases and hitting 10 home runs? Uh, more in the later rounds, middle infield of a 15-team league. I don't really think you need to draft him in a 12-team league. He's only had double-digit home runs one time in the last four or five years. Uh, he only had three steals last year in 97 games. You know, should hit leadoff for the Tigers, and they're a bad team, so they'll probably let him run a little bit. He's still only 31 years old. So someone that I think more of a middle infielder in a 15-team league. But certainly he was a guy that people were getting in draft champions leagues uh, for free. I mean, he was going in the rounds of 30 in some drafts that I've done over the last couple of weeks. So people who took that shot uh, were in leagues where you can't make moves for the year uh, got a nice little bargain there because you know he's going to get the playing time. And at-bats are extremely important in those draft champions leagues where you are going to hit, be hit with injuries and you can't make any moves on the waiver wire. Right, Davey Martinez, the Nationals manager, thinks that Trey Turner could get 80 stolen base attempts. That just seems to be a little hyperbole, yeah? Uh, not really, um, because last year I think people were expecting that based on what he did the year before. He's one of the fastest players in baseball, and he's so efficient. So I think maybe part of it was you know, hitting in front of Bryce Harper. You really don't want to run that much because – you steal second, and they intentionally walk Harper. Now, we're assuming Harper's not going to be there, but in 98 games two years ago, he had 54 attempts. He had 52 last year in 162 games. So uh, he's 124 stolen bases in his career, and he's only been caught 25 times. So, if, But you, you still have, don't want to take him in the first round? I never said that. I said I don't like him in the top five. You have picked nine. Can you take him? Uh, I might, yeah. Because I know you don't like the fact that he doesn't have the power numbers. I know you like the speed. I know the average is okay. The run score is good. But I know the power put you, puts you in a hole. I think he's better in an overall competition. I think if you're, you know, if you're playing in a high-stakes league, if you're just playing in one league, I don't think you need to take him. But at the same point, if you get those stolen bases and he does run at that pace, he's a guy that you can trade at some point during the season. And just for me, it's difficult to, to come out of the first round with a guy – who his ceiling might be 75 RBIs. He might hit second this year. Maybe that helps a little bit, but uh, it's just that the RBI total is low. I think you need a guy out of the first round, if you're taking a bat, that's going to give you 100-plus RBIs because most of those RBIs come from the 3, 4, 5 spot in the order, and those guys usually go in the first two to three rounds. So say so you come back and now you want to get a pitcher, you know, you're chasing RBIs, and it's a category people don't really talk about enough. And – he hit 271 last year, 284 the year before. So it's not even like he's a 300 hitter either. 19 home runs. Forget, don't forget, too, people don't look at this enough. He played in 162 games last year with these numbers. How can you expect him to play 162 again? This is a guy that has had injuries in his career. So you got a pencil in like 150. So those numbers come down a little bit. So I understand why people take him. I just won't take him in the top five. I would consider it in the later half of the first round. But... It's just where people are so cognizant of getting stolen bases, and uh, it's very appealing because of what he can do. But there are other areas of his profile that leave something to be desired for me. All right, Adam, who's coming up in hour number two with us here? I'll have Greg Jewett from Fantasy Alarm. We participated in a 15-team mock draft last night, so uh, we're going to talk about that. Who was your first? What pick did you have, and who was your first pick? I picked number two and took Mookie Betts. Oh, who was your second round pick? Anthony Rizzo, which I don't love. All yeah, the players really? I wanted, all the players I wanted were gone. Nola, Cole, all the pitchers gone. Yep, I took Bauer really? in round three. Yeah, uh, I like Bauer. Hmm, you have to tell me more about that tomorrow. All right, guys, this is Doctor Roto. I'm out of here. Be well and take care. Stay tuned for hour number two with Adam Ronas coming up when Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. <laughs> 